This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. I'm Delta Work, and it's time for a brand new episode of Very Delta. Writer, podcaster, gay pop culture dream, Evan Ross Katz is here. Do you want to see me go off? Because I think you want to see me go off. M. Oh. M. Mom! Are you a lady like me? Introspective, beautiful. Oh, are you intellectual like me? Beguiled by a bargain? You like wild times? Oh, like me? Are you serving the community like me? Well, if you are, then you must be very Delta. Hi, I'm Delta Work, and this is Very Delta, a luxury public access podcast and YouTube talk show where I look gorgeous, speak extemporaneously, and invite interesting people to sit on the couch and get Very Delta. Very Delta is for the woman who counts all of her honey walnut shrimp at Panda Express. Today's show really purrs, but first, let's get into some things that are Very Delta. Well, it's very January, and it's time to check in on our New Year's resolutions. Are you sticking to them? Did you make them? Do you even care about them? It's when you break out a brand new calendar. It says, we're starting clean, we're wiping the slate clean. So a lot of people use that time to say, this is when I'm going to lose some weight, or this is when I'm going to stop drinking. I've already partied all throughout, uh, throughout from, from Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. They got it all out of their system and they say, I want a new year, a new me. And I think it's admirable. I think it's wonderful if you're looking for a time to start um, turning over a new leaf, uh, stopping behaviors that that you think are detrimental to your success or your happiness. I get it. That, that, that calendar date has always historically said something to people, and that is, this is the beginning of the rest of my life. Uh, and that's great. That's wonderful. For me, um, I, I don't see that, not really from a philosophical standpoint. I, can't, I would love to say it's from that, but just out of laziness. I'm going to delay the inevitable. Um, should I start my diet uh, in on January 1st? Well, yeah, probably January 1st 30 years ago, uh, but I didn't. Uh, you can start your New Year's. You can make a resolution anytime you want. It doesn't have to be January 1st. If you want it to be January 1st, let it be January 1st. Um if you're not able to stick to that resolution now that we're in, you know, very into January, that's okay. 
you know, be gentle on yourself. Uh, you can be hard on yourself if you made a New Year's resolution to uh, stop killing people and you've resumed killing people. You might want to be hard on yourself. But, you know, if your resolution was to lose weight and you fell off of your diet, uh, you know, be gentle. If you decided that you were going to clean, uh, you know, w one drawer at a time and you just haven't gotten to you know, more than a couple of drawers in your house. That's okay. It's not going to be that big of a deal. You've got the rest of your life to handle it, or at least the rest of the year, if you set that resolution on January. These resolutions really do oftentimes set people up to feel like they're a failure if they don't succeed on schedule. Nothing's going to go on schedule. Life is going to happen. You're going to get sick. You're going to be invited to parties. You're going to say, guess what? I don't give a fuck. I want to eat a piece of cheesecake from Cheesecake Factory. That's the way it's going to be. That's the way it's going to be. Now, of course, if you're, you know, on your deathbed and uh, you're still doing these behaviors that are horrible or you're on your way to your deathbed with these behaviors, you know, that's another conversation. But if we're talking about things like I want to start biking more or I want to shop less on Amazon or I want to start using my beautiful stemware more often. I, I want every meal to be special. So, you know, I'm moving forward, I'm going to start using beautiful dishes instead of paper plates. And I'm going to dedicate washing those dishes and putting them away because I want to pull them out of the cabinet because I don't want them to just sit there forever. Live your best life. Live, do, do something great. Of course, you know, I would like to say within reason, but what's within reason? Who knows what reason is? Who knows you know, for, for me, what excess is might not be excess to someone else or vice versa. Resolutions are are great to make in theory. In theory, it's a wonderful idea. It does set forth a plan of action, but we have to make an allowance for life happening. We have to make an allowance for emergencies, desires changing, goals changing. Maybe you just, maybe you just decide... I'm not interested in that anymore. I'm not interested in uh, biking anymore. I've been doing it and I don't like it anymore. Or maybe I'm very interested in something else. Don't give yourself an ultimatum of time. Don't, don't tell yourself, by the end of this whole year, this will have to be done. You know, pe people ask me, what are, what are the very Delta resolutions? And that's a, a really a simple answer. To, to not put full expectations on myself. That's the resolution. The resolution isn't to do more. The resolution isn't to do less of anything, but more of everything. To, you know, this year I, I had a, a brand new, uh, brand new thematic Christmas tree. And I want the same thing for next year. I want a different theme. So I'm going to keep my eye out for what it is that I want to decorate, how I want to decorate the tree. I want to introduce new recipes next Christmas, things that are new to me for my family. I want to, um, you know, really appreciate when, when Halloween comes around, I want to be more prepared for, uh, the, the environment that I set up, the costumes that I have. I want to start earlier with everything. So maybe that's the sort of expectation I put on myself is just to be a little bit more prepared, to be more fierce, to be more glamorous, to be more beautiful, to be more luxurious. That, that That's what I want to do. And any little step towards that, whether it's extra perfume or whether it's, uh, you know, 
having these pink nails, but then having just a little bit darker and a little bit lighter set instead of the next color, just another version of this so that I can enjoy this type of pink a little bit darker, a little bit lighter. Uh, that That's more. I don't, I, I want to be most. I want to feel most. And I want you to enjoy that with me. I want you to feel at your absolute best, whether you're wearing a t-shirt or whether you're wearing uh, a bespoke suit or, you know, everything custom, everything exclusive, whatever it is, I want it to be our best. And I want to be at my best. I want to feel at my best. I want to feel beautiful all the time. And I want you to feel beautiful and luxurious all the time, not just physically, but with everything around you, whatever it is, whether it's a beautiful plant or, or, or a special bottle of perfume, maybe you can afford $400 perfume. Maybe you can only afford $3 perfume. Maybe you can only for, maybe you can only afford $1 perfume, whatever it is that makes you feel rich and glamorous. Those are the things that you need to surround yourself with. And I'm going to spend the rest of this year surrounding myself with those things and those people because I feel rich when I do and they enrich me and I hope I enrich them too. You know, so this year, I, I want you to come into the Very Delta family. I want you to feel everything that makes you happy. I want you to have the best sandwich. I want you to have the most ice. I want you to have versions of ice, cubes, balls, slivers. I want you to have uh, your beverage cold before it even hits the ice. I want you to have the most luxurious sandwich, just the right amount of mayonnaise, extra tomatoes, whether you like five extra slices or two extra slices. I want you to ask for it. You don't have to demand it, but it's okay to require it and to ask for it kindly, to compensate people for it, to be appreciative, to love it. Surround yourself with beautiful flowers, beautiful vases, whatever it is that makes you happy, makes you feel peaceful, still, calm, but also excited at the same time. These are the things that we're going to do this year. I want you to be part of this and I want to be part of you as you're doing it. And my New Year's resolution is, has been, and always will be, to be very Delta. Do you want to see me take a break? Because I think you want to see me take a break. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Whether you're just starting out or managing a growing brand, Squarespace makes it easy to create a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything from products to content to time, all in one place, all on your terms. Everything is online today, and Squarespace offers so many features to make your website so sleek and professional. I love to shop online and I like to see how different small businesses and people have their websites set up. For me, it says a lot about how the customer service experience will play out based on a company's web design. I can always tell when a website is well-built and well-managed. It's the functionality and Squarespace has it. With Squarespace, you can book appointments through your site. They provide everything you need to manage your schedule, accept secure payments, send automatic reminders, you can have an online store, you can sell your products directly on your site, and they offer amazing analytics too, which is great for growing your business. You can learn where your site visits and sales are coming from and analyze which channels are the most effective. So check out squarespace.com slash verydelta for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use offer code verydelta, all one word, to save 10% on your first purchase of a website or domain.
Isn't the point of traveling to get away from it all, to feel the best you've ever felt? Then maybe you should check out Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. When your trip comes to an end, you won't need another vacation because you just had the vacation. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Welcome back. I am so excited. This is an interview we have been waiting for forever. I have with me today Instagram whiz, pop culture savant, host of the Shut Up Evan podcast, author of the book Into Every Generation, A Slayer is Born, and early supporter of this podcast, the original supporter of this podcast, the one and only Evan Ross Katz. I am overjoyed to be here. As he mentioned, this is like appointment listening and viewing for me. So I can't believe I'm in the couch. I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. It's an honor. I'm I'm so excited because honestly, when we first started doing this, obviously it was just like a fill-in for um for the very that podcast and then it kind of became its own thing. But I've seen you forever and you are truly so well versed in pop culture. Um you know, pointing out pointing out the things that other people don't point out or are afraid to point out or afraid to talk about. And when you were like, check this podcast out, this is this is interesting, this is different. Like the things that you were saying really motivated me to feel like somebody who I think gets the things that I say, or at least says, Maybe I don't agree with you, but just keep saying it because it's part of a conversation. Mm. So thank you for that. My pleasure. But honestly, I, I've said this to you, you know, off air, but like I just feel like you have a way in which you're able to riff on topics. There's a reason why so many clips from the show go viral, and that is because you are able, you have the art of chat perfected. And Thanks. I feel like not enough people well, not enough people can do it, period, but not enough people really appreciate it these days in the way that I think it was a more revered art form in the past. Mm -hmm. That's why people like Johnny Carson and Barbara Walters were built up to be such big figures, whereas now we have, like, Stephen Colbert and, like, Jimmy Kimmel. It's, like, different. So I just really appreciate what you bring to the table and, and the art form. You've made your career, as we say, off of pop culture, off observing things. What, uh, like, how, how did that happen as a kid growing up? How did that evolve. It's kind of been one of those things where I realized like when I was younger that when I liked something in this pop culture space, I really invested big time in it. I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of like being a queer kid in a small town and finding whether a television show or a celebrity and, and pouring yourself into them. You know, I was hearing someone say recently, because Irene Cara died a few months ago, um, and I was he hearing someone say recently that like hearing her sing out here on my own was this person's window into the idea that there was a bigger world out there that sure. they could have access to. And I felt that way with many pop culture figures. I think it really began for me with Sarah Michelle Gellar, but I had a bevy of them where I was like, I want to know this person and I want to know everything about them. Mm -hmm. And I became, this is, I'm still like this to this day, but it's like when I choose something that I'm going to know, I really want to invest myself in becoming, you know, the historian of that subject. Right. And I think for me, it really was, it began with the escapism of it. And this was also at a time before, I think like fandom has become very popular now. Sure. And I feel like it really, I this I grew up, you know, in the 90s and this was like 
this was more like fan clubs were a thing. You had to work harder to be a fan. Whereas I feel like today the images sort of come at you and I'm glad I came up when I did because you kind of had to, you had to invest in learning sure. in a way that I think taught me a lot about how to be a fan and then in turn turn that fandom into being a journalist or whatever I am today. Yeah. You mentioned um, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar. I know that you know everything about Buffy. Um, uh, you're going to slap me across the mouth, and I I'm won't. looking forward to it. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, it's a fantasy. <laughs> Just you build up the fantasy. Um, I originally knew about her when she played Kendall all my on All My Children and that she was just the bad girl and be, and always so beautiful, mm -hmm. right? And then, so that was my introduction to her. I don't know if a lot of people even remember that. I mean, they should, and yeah. the award winning. Yeah, the only, the only, she was a bad girl. She was uh, Erica Kane's daughter. Uh -huh. um, did Erica Kane ever win an Emmy? She did. She it? finally did. Finally. Yeah, but she, and this is this is a known thing, but like, not a nice person to Sarah Michelle Gellar, so I've oh. always held a grudge against Susan Lucci okay. by proxy. She kind of does seem a little stern. Yeah, she doesn't give off a warm and friendly vibe. No, no, she does. I think her I think there's people that that become their character. Yeah, yeah. Right, and I think there's also people in life that they think that being like. Uh, being a diva is being really mean and bitchy. So they see those characters and they're like, I'm just going to make that my own personality, even off that. Like, right. I know drag queens or what, you know, that think that that's be like, oh, I'm cunty. Yeah. That's my character. That's really weird. Like, I, I get it. I've, I've talked about before that there are people that, that create a drag persona and they feel like it's easier for them to be in that persona and then be out of it. And then there's people like myself. I don't I feel like whether I'm in drag or out of drag, I kind of have the same opinions. I kind of say the same things. Um, it's just a little bit amplified, a little bit more carte blanche to mm -hmm. uh, for things to sort of for people to pay attention. Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like if you, you know, post something, people want to uh, attach that to what it looks like. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the other thing, too, with Susan is it's like Sarah Michelle Gellar was in her early teens when she started with All My Children. Yeah. So the idea of like being a young teen, entering a very adult world and having this person playing your mother and having her not, you would think she would sort of be a surrogate mother, right? In that right. sense of like, you know, I'm this established figure on the show. You're coming on. You're an early, you're a young teenager. I'm playing your mommy. Like, let's, you know, let me help you enter this world. And I want to protect you. You would think that would be the emotion. Um, but that that was not the case. So I've always, uh, I mean, I'm glad she won her Emmy, but I keep my distance. I feel like that makes so much sense because, uh, you know, podcasts are relatively new. And I feel like, at least from my experience, um, I feel like people who have podcasts generally have no problem saying to other people, oh, listen to this podcast. This is my friend who has a podcast. Uh, yeah. There is that ability to, I'm sure there are people who don't, but I feel like it's nurtured to do that. Whereas in other forms of entertainment, there are people who are afraid to mention someone's name in a room full of opportunities because yeah. they're like, that's my opportunity. Right. You think that? I do. I think, and I think specifically with podcasts, I'm always keen to recommend the podcast that I like to other people because I feel like when I really like something, I take a pride in my love of it. So for me, it's a matter of like, I really love this thing and I, and I love you and I'm going to share this thing I love with you because I know you in turn will love it. So I kind of view the dissemination of the things I love, whether it be podcasts or what have you, as 
a sign of like a, a showing of affection. Right. So to me, it's like, and also I know how many podcasts I consume. I have an endless like list of podcasts and I get through them all, you know? So I know sure. that I have, you know, and obviously I think I consume more than most, but I think people have the capacity to consume a lot of podcasts. So I never see it as competition. Now there are certainly podcasts that are like in the same space that I don't think are worthy of, of people's time. But my approach is just, I don't talk about them. I talk about the ones that I do think are worth people's time. Right. Right. What kind of mattress do you do you like to sleep on? Um, I have a. Oh, what do I have? I really like whatever I have. Like a hard mattress, a, a more. I'll be honest with you. I can sleep on sort of whatever. I I'm sort of like an equal opportunity mattress layer until I find one that I don't like. Okay. And then it's curtains. Okay. I have more of a, a strong opinion when it comes to pillow. Okay, I agree. Yeah. I agree. But for me. I can do a firm, I can do a soft. Um, most important for me, pillow, I need the room blackout. Yes. That's super important to me. Yes. Mattress itself, yeah. I'm pretty I, I'm pretty content. Are you this way? Like on your side? Do you lay straight on your back? Do you move around a lot, face down? Side. Side. And then I like something in between my knees. Yeah. So I've, I've been using just a regular pillow, but I've been seeing... Um, online that there are those. Oh, a pillow. Yeah, I do a pillow, but there's those special ones that are literally designed for your knees. I haven't fucked with that yet, but it is definitely something I'm interested in exploring. Do you use one of those, like a pillow, like those neck pillows on the airplane? Are you one of those people? I don't because I feel like it's it's so cumbersome to bring that with you. That's what I say. You know, like I just started using those big, like noise canceling headphones on the plane, which really mm. does make a difference. But even those, it's like finding room to pack those right. it's such a thing so yes i if 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 they offer the neck pillows on the plane right that to me i would be all for it because they, i really do think they they are really helpful but in the scheme of things that i'm bringing on my trip i'm not bringing a fucking neck pillow right uh aisle seat or window seat window okay but i'm i'm one of the okay this is like weird i i don't like getting up during a flight at all like at all? At all. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like stage fright. I, I can't I can't really explain it, but like when I'm down, I'm down. And so uh -huh. I make sure the last thing I do on the plane before I get on the plane is go to the bathroom. So to that end, I like to be cozy in the nook by the window. But once I'm when I'm in that seat, I'm not getting up. Like you don't have to right. worry to the people to the right or to the left. Like I'm in. Right. I'm hunkered down. Um but I can do an aisle. Yeah. But and I know this is so rude, but like if I'm on the aisle and someone asks me to get up mid-flight, that pisses me off. Do you just like kind of tuck your legs to the side? No, I'll get up. Okay. See, yeah. you're so elegant because I whenever I'm on a plane and I and I and I like you said, this is my rule. Window seat on if the flight is under three hours. Okay. Aisle seat if it's over three hours. That's just in case I drink too much Diet Coke. Because you gotta stay hydrated. I have to stay hydrated and um I need my go-go juice. And I also do not like disturbing anyone. So if mm -hmm. I have to get up, I feel like, because there are people that are like, oh, I'll just move over. And I've had to explain to people, I'm like, you know, it's really in your best interest to stand up because you see what's coming through yes. here. Like, if you want this to happen, we can make it happen, but it's going to be a production. Yeah. So, and a lot of people, I think they only see themselves like, oh, I wouldn't mind doing it. Yeah. So why would you mind? But they don't realize like, well, we're two different sizes and- it's just going to make things so much easier. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think people, you know, they we see things as we are, not as they are, as they say. So I don't, I guess that's why people aren't that concerned about it. But yeah, 
I, I, if I, I want to stay and there's, but there's people that are like up and down, up and down, up and down. I got to get in this box. I got to just get your shit and put it under the well, seat. Or you see those gays now who are posting, they're like jerking off in the bathroom and leaving their semen in the toilet. And I'm just like, who has the time? Like, what are they doing? It's Where like, are I, you seeing this? Oh, that's, this is a big thing right now on Twitter. And it's very controversial because they're leaving. Can I, can we talk about this? this yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to go off, you're right. Your camera's where's your camera's right there. <laughs> no, but I've seen. So you've seen like you know, it's a big thing in the gay world to like go into a plain bathroom and take nudes. Fine, mm-hmm. whatever. You know, you can do that during. You know, you're getting up to go to the bathroom. You know, take a quick pick. But there's been a thing recently where guys have been leaving their loads in the sink for the oh, next God, person. That's to- fucking gross. I know. No. And they put it on Twitter, being like, "Isn't this so hot? I just left this like gift behind." What, is somebody going to like like pick it up I and don't eat it or something? Know, but I was like, this is fucking disgusting. And what's interesting is it was it was very divisive on Twitter because there's half of the gay community, which is like, no kink shaming, this is really hot. And then the other half, the logical half, if you ask me, who are like, this is fucking disgusting. Yeah. This is a public place. How dare you? That's right. illegal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so that's become a thing. So I, I am just, I'm at a practice now where when I enter, if I'm going to the bathroom on a flight, again, trying not to, if I enter, I gotta like look around and do a quick check to make sure a homosexual right. isn't in here first. Right. The wrong kind of homosexual. Or the right kind if you're into that. If you're, but you you did mention like sort of the stage fright. I'm thinking going back to that because there is that thing where when you do get up and you kind of like, I feel like I have to like, move as quick as possible like nobody noticed like but then there's that moment when you turn around and everyone like looks up especially if it's like nighttime or something right and then i always feel like kind of like oh hi like <laughs> yes. oh i'm just going to my seat real quick like um excuse me pardon me like we i'm just trying to excuse you know what i mean like scooch scooch yeah because they're looking at you so oh, it's yeah. like you have to do like there has to be a moment where you're like there's a script here somewhere. Like, right. What do I have to do? How right. do you deliver that? Well, but also it's like, think about it. When the roles are reversed, if someone else gets up, my eye goes right to whoever looks up. Right. I need to know. It's kind of like the neighborhood gossip, right? When you're on a plane, it's like the whole world shifts and it becomes just you and the other people on the plane. Yes. Right. Yes. And so when someone gets up, it's like, it's like neighborhood gossip. It's like, oh, Jake just got up. He's going to the bathroom. What's going to mm-hmm. go on in the ba-? You know, there's just this. Feel, I want to say family because it's 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 not it's not what's the opposite of chosen family it's whatever that is but it's yeah like, it is this is the tribe essentially and so you got to know what's up the neighborhood the neighborhood yeah but you know and you can tell too when you, especially if you're in first class and then people start walking through um, I don't want people to think I'm trying to floss I'm just sitting there because it's more comfortable right but they do kind of look down especially when it stops for a second and you can tell people are kind of like. Oh, you swear because you're in first class, uh-huh. and you can kind of tell too who's going to be a who's going to cause a scene. Oh, absolutely. There's going to be people that need to get up and they need more water and yeah. they want to know when the snacks are yeah. coming. Come on, it's funny. Like I had this because I just flew in yesterday and I was like looking around on the plane and I was just sort of like, you make up these stories in your head about who all these people are yep. based on a single action that you see. Yes. Even the way they put the luggage into the overhead compartment, and sometimes they're really jamming it in, and I'm like, ugh. He's a piece of work. You can just tell. I feel like I'm so fascinated by talking about airport culture in general. It's Isn't something it I've tried to talk to more people about on my podcast, especially because, you know, I'm dealing with a lot of like celebrities who spend much of their time traveling mm-hmm. and have a lot of stories, know a lot of the how to do it. Like, do you know about this thing for the Uber rich right now that you can pay a bunch of money and this car service comes? It, it takes you, you, get it you go to the airport you never even enter the airport 
and you go straight to the tarmac. I've heard of this, but I don't know much about it. I don't know much about it either. I just keep hearing about it. But people are really, they whisper about it because no one wants you to know that they, the, the really wealthy don't want you to know that they're usurping the system. Right. You know, which is the plight of the uber wealthy, right? Right. Um, but there is some service. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm not certainly not doing it, but you, yeah, you literally don't even have to deal with the airport. Just get right. What about when you go to an airport and there's and you have a first class seat, but there's no first class line? Mm. I'm trying to understand that. Yeah, tough. I'm confused by that. And I'm also confused with purchasing a full price ticket in first class, but then not being allowed access to the lounge. Oh, well, that's ridiculous. Because you don't have a membership to the lounge. So I don't know how the other airlines work. I know I'm a, I'm a Delta girl, but with Delta, once you get that first class ticket, you're in the lounge, no matter. Okay. I think this was an American Airlines thing. I've heard, though, American from what, because someone said to me recently, they were like, oh, there's first class and business class. And I was like, I didn't know that that, and they were like, oh, it's an American thing. Mm-hmm. So there's all these, like, because with Delta, it's like first class, Comfort Plus, and then sure. you keep on going. I didn't know that there was, and you and you just keep on going, <laughs> you keep, and you really go. It's funny sometimes you do go. when they really start listing them out on the mic ahead of time to like. You're like, wow, it really, it just keeps. It's like right. there is no floor. It just keeps going lower and lower and lower. It's, at some point, they're just like, you can get in the back and just go sit in the cargo. Now it's like, what's going on? Um, but anyway, I, I'm very interested in airport culture in general, how things are done, who people become at an airport. I know I'm not myself at an airport. I know that there is no budget when I'm at the airport uh-huh. because I'm like, you have oh, to, you have to almonds, do. $27? I need it. <laughs> like I was there the other day and there was like a like a magazine or something and I was like, the magazine was $19. Yeah. And I was like, well, I, I need a magazine, I guess. Yeah. I feel like there's something I know I feel like when I'm at an airport, that's when I, I need a people, people, I need us weekly. And I'm not even really a magazine, I'm a magazine girl anymore so much. Like, uh-huh. You know, I, I'm, I'm a digital girl, but at an airport, I like to have a magazine. Now, the hard thing for oh me goodness. is I get on the flight and I want to start tearing through it. But these days I'm like, no, 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 go on your phone, use the internet while you're on the ground. You dive into the magazine during takeoff. Right, right. Take advantage because I'm not paying for Wi-Fi. No, I I fell into that the other day because it was $7 for an hour or $9 for the flight. And the flight was two and a half hours. So I was like, "Mm, maybe I'll do it. Threshold. And then every time I do it, it's like, oh, the Wi-Fi is down. It's not working right now. Yeah, they're like, you can call this number and then be on hold for five hours. For to get your $9 back. Right. Sometimes I think they do that on purpose because it's like, Uh who's going to take the time? Right. And then you get on the phone and you're like, it's going to be, you know, there are 55 people in front of you. And you're like- I think we should take a break. Let's take a break. (laughs) Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We are back with my extra, I say everybody's extra special guest, but this person is not just like the extra special guest because we've been wanting you to be here forever, but you're like, you're extra as well. Mm. But you're only extra in the mind of other people who are not um, particular. See, I find Mm. you particular. Yeah. I don't find you fussy. I don't find you bossy. I don't find, I don't find you like. Cunty. I don't find any of those things. You just, you have your parameters. You know what you like. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I feel like um, I used to be someone when I was younger who was what I guess you, what you would call easygoing. Mm-hmm. And I realized how much it bothered me and other people when you'd be like, what do you want to do today? And it'd be like, I'm down for whatever. And it was like, I need options. And I think that I got so annoyed in that quality in others that I think this was in my early 20s that I decided to be someone who like, I know what I like. When people give me three options, I can point at one right away. Or when people be like, do you have a restaurant you want to go to in the city? Yep, I want to go to this one. Mm -hmm. I don't do the I'm down for whatever because I'm not down for whatever. And so to your point about that particularity, that's a developed skill that I, I think more people could develop if they put the will, you know, have the willpower uh-huh. and the desire because being easygoing, it's not a good quality, in my opinion. No, it, it because it just, like you said, it just ends up going back and forth and back and forth. Uh, I appreciate it in other people, but I don't like it for me. Yeah. Because I, I can't. Yeah. Because I know that I'm just going to end up mad about something. And just as you said... Even if I don't like all three options, I can make a choice out of those options that's going to be like the least harmful. Or you can present a fourth option. Or you can present a fourth option. But it's just like, I think it's, and I always say this where it's, and I encourage this too in anyone that I come in contact with where it's like, just make choices. Um, I know like when I go to the nail salon sometimes, you know, you see all those colors and for, and, I'm, and my fiance will go and he'll be like agonizing over which oh. one to choose. And I'll just look at one and I'll just be like, I'll do that one today. Because in my mind, if I don't like it, two weeks later, it's gone. We'll start over. But it's like, I just want to be someone who, when presented with a million options, makes the choice. See, I admire that because I, I strive to be that way. Mm-hmm. And I am that way in certain things. But what happens is like I'll I'll have too many options for mm-hmm. myself. Kind of like when you go to Cheesecake Factory, there's so much on the menu. I'm like I don't I'm not even interested now because there's so many things. How, how am I supposed to narrow it down? Well, tell me, do you have? I, I'm very interested in any conversation around Cheesecake Factory. Do you have a strategy then if you wind up there with how you work through that menu? Okay, I do. Um, first of all, if I'm at a restaurant with just like a couple of people, so say there's less than five people. I cannot order something that someone else has already ordered. I don't know why, but I cannot. I And I don't like to necessarily. I was talking to my producer, Mark, about this, and we both kind of agreed. Like, uh, there's just this thing where, like, um, maybe if somebody else gets it and I don't know, I can taste that. Exactly. Something. Yeah. Um, I am a creature of habit. So 
I will always kind of look for the same thing on every menu. I did make a mistake because uh, I'm not really well versed in the Cheesecake Factory menu, mm. although I do like it a lot. Um, my partner ordered this pasta dish uh, not too long ago. And I swear it came on a tr- table or it came on a bowl about this big. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, ooh, bitch, I'm getting a pasta next time we go. So I read the one and it was plenty. There was plenty of food, but there was just something in me that was like, why was the other one so much bigger for a lower price point? Mm. And it and the one I was so I was eating it begrudgingly because I felt like I was somehow cheated. Uh, even though it was too much food for one person mm. in a sitting. Like, you have to take that home. Um, I normally don't eat dessert at a restaurant, so I'll always get dessert to go if I'm eating a meal because then I'll eat, I'll be too full. What about you? Well, first of all, anyone that goes to Cheesecake Factory for the cheesecake, I feel like is doing it wrong. Yes. I feel like that's, like, not the thing. Right. I feel like it's sort of like the... Um, Locals go for the cheesecake, but those in the know are sort of like are parsing through that menu. And it's quite a menu to parse through, as you said. I like your strategy. First of all, I agree with you. I would never order something that someone else got because you have a bite of theirs. If you like it, you order that next time. Next time. Yeah. I, too, am a creature of habit, but I try when I go to Cheesecake Factory, which is too infrequent for my liking. I'm a big Cheesecake Factory okay, fan, good. but we don't have one in New York City. Oh. Yeah. We have, well, I should say, we have one in Queens, um, but it's far out. Right. Um, we have one on every corner. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And my, I feel like because it's so not a part of like something that's accessible for me, I feel like the novelty rises sure. as a result. Um but I, I try and always try something new there. But I am really fond of there. They have two burgers there, okay. and I, you can make the mistake of ordering the wrong one. It's the factory one, which I'm always like, oh, I love it, and I always think I like that one. It's not the factory one. It's whatever the other one is. Is there a good burger? The factory one is not good. Is it the one with the bacon in it? No, it's not that one. Okay, because I had that and it was good. Yeah, I liked it. it was I fine. don't love bacon on a hamburger. I feel like it's they're. Com- I feel like the flavors are competing mm-hmm. okay. um, in a way that it's like I like a traditional. I actually kind of just like a hamburger. Just simple. I do, um, but I fuck with a cheeseburger. I like uh-huh. a cheeseburger. I'm not a big cheddar fan, okay. but like if you put Gruyere on a burger, sold. Um, but yeah, I really am a big fan of the burgers at Cheesecake Factory. I have to be honest with you. I think I've had the cheesecake there twice, three times. Okay. I don't really need like a milk-based dessert after a meal. Well, I'll tell you what I really, really love and admire about them is that if you order the cheesecake to go, mm-hmm. their containers- oh, so cute. Yeah, it is set up to support the cheesecake from falling over. (laughs) And I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah. Well, because I feel like they have an infrastructure where it's like they're, they pretty much know they are going to fill you up to a point where you will not be able to eat the cheesecake. So their job as the server is to get you to order it. Like they want it out the door. Right, right. I feel like they very seldom present a cheesecake for people to eat at the restaurant. I feel like the business is built around like, oh, you're finished. Here's your cheesecake to go. They've yeah. got it ready. They've got it on lock. I agree. You can't have a fallen over cheesecake at home. No. Do you do you like the breads? See, I could just eat bread. Right. Well, the brown bread. The brown, the brown bread. bread. Okay, here's a, here's a story that you may not know. I don't know if you ever shop at a Walmart, but if you do, go I've to been. their bakery and they sell the loaves. I've heard. In a bag for like $3. Do they taste the same? They to me they did. Okay, fair enough. No, no. But no, I, I warmed them. You have to warm them. I warmed them. Fair yeah. enough. Because there's been instances where something will get branded in a way. And it's not. And it's not the same. But if it's the same, I trust you. Yeah. But that brown bread, it's canonical. It's it is super so duper good. important. Sometimes I'll go there with people. Because my whole rule around the bread, especially at a place like Cheesecake Factory, is it's like, 
we can't be clocking one another's bread habits, right? Right. What I do with my bread, how much I consume, if I'm asking for another loaf, like, we don't need to talk about it. It's sort of just understood that there should always be replenished bread on the table. (gasps) But I'll go with people sometimes and they're like, you know, they'll have a bite of the bread and then like kind of be done. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, oh, because our meal's coming. And no, I'm like, that's, yeah, no. that's later. <laughs> like, yeah, see, I'm just, bread. that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm i that way with chips and salsa. Like, did you want more chips and salsa? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do. Yeah. And did you want a refill? This is, if the cup gets to here, yeah, yeah. then just bring the refill. Because I'm going to keep, like, you see me sitting here. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I went to the Abbey last night and for dinner, which I had, I didn't know you could eat food there yeah that was a revelation. and they have a bakery too i heard and i heard it's really good mm-hmm. but anyway the waiter came over at one point my my seltzer was about halfway the waiter came over and replaced my seltzer and i thought i was going to propose to him right then and there right. just because it was like the chivalry right of coming over i'm mid i'm not even a halfway at this point he knew yep because in my mind when i'm halfway i'm like i'm preparing the next time i see the waiter i'm gonna have to yep. you know i'm ready i know how to do this he was one step ahead of me. Wow. And it was like the genuine regard I have for him, he felt, it felt heroic. Like you want to go back to look for that person again. Yeah. No, I agree. That I agree. and the, they had like these uh, barbecue chicken poppers, which I thought were really good. Really? Yeah. Were they? Was it like breast meat or how was it? It was breast meat. Yeah, I yeah. like that. Really, really good. Yeah. It was a great meal. We were going to go to Pump and I, cause I'd been there. I like, I don't come to, I mean, I come to LA often, but I like to sort of try new places mm-hmm. when I'm here. But I really like novelty spots like Pump. I'm the kind of gay that's like taking me to Pump. But then last night we like got there and then they were like, oh, the Abbey's right here. It was really poppin'. Pump seems really dead. And I like a scene. Okay. Yeah. And the Abbey delivered. Where are you sitting in a restaurant? Like if you come mm. in and they say, like, do you announce immediately, like, I would prefer a booth, I would prefer a table, or I want someone's section? Like, are you that? Do you have a specific? Well, listening to this podcast, because again, going back to particularities, I feel like one of my. I mean, I have so many standout moments from this podcast, but when you spoke about, you know, your feelings about booth culture, as I would I would call uh-huh. it, um, you really made me think about it. So if a booth is an option, I always prefer a booth. What mm-hmm. frustrates me is I'll go to a lot of restaurants because most booths are designed for four people. Right. And so often, especially in New York City, restaurants are very busy. When you're with two people, they're going to hold the booths. But I've gone in situations where there's so many empty booths and they bring you to a two-seater. Right. But it's like... I think there's plenty. I-, I love a situation where I'm in a four seater booth with me and one other guest. I like mm-hmm. the room. Put my coat down over here. Sure. Maybe my phone on the other side. Who knows? Like get crazy. Um, I prefer a booth. We don't have a ton of booths. Are not as as popular in New York. Okay. okay. I think it's like yeah. I don't know why. Our yeah. restaurants are smaller. I'd say and booths require more room. I think that's true. They but- need the option in New York to like bring a table and make it a two, make it a four, make it a. But there's this one scene on and just like that. On the first season of End, just like that, where Stanford goes and he's like, We need a three top. Do you know the episode? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, but I don't know a three top. Either did I. I was like, What the fuck is a three top? And it was the whole thing where it's like, because Charlotte wanted to come to the restaurant. And it, he, it made, he was like so concerned because it went from being a two to a three. And I was like, there's no three. It's either two or four, even if you're three people. Right. There's no three top. There's no. Anyway, no. that was, I was confused by that. That's a weird thing. I do believe that a booth is a million percent more intimate. Yeah. You can have a conversation that not everyone's invited into. Mm-hmm. You don't have anybody bumping you from behind. So I get the idea of that being really good. I don't 
I don't I don't think I like a high top in any situation. No. 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 Too, I would yeah. I would rather be crammed in a booth than comfortable in a high top. Absolutely. That's what I would rather have. High top, if I'm at a bar and there's no seating, I appreciate the option of a high top, right? There you go. Somewhere to sit, but it's a last resort. Yeah. But this is similar to my feeling of like wanting to be on the window seat at a, at a at, excuse me, on a plane. It's that same feeling in a booth where like I like being tucked into the booth, uh-huh. right? It's like I feel like I'm in, I'm cozy. This whole area, this is my area. Right. Whereas when you're at a table, I don't know. Things are flying. Yeah. Do you know about Ross? Because, you know, you're. I thought maybe you would be part of the lineage of Ross Dress for Less. Do you Do you go to Ross? Do you know Ross Dress for Less? I don't, but I want to. Okay, so Ross Dress for Less. I don't know if you, maybe you don't have them in New York. Uh, it's like a TJ Maxx. Do you know TJ Maxx? Mm-hmm. Just like that. So they're mostly closeouts from other places. But I have a friend that works um, in like a... What do you call it when somebody's uh, like a district manager? So over a few stores. Mm-hmm. And I've come to learn from him that they now have items that are made for the store. So mostly their home stuff. Um, but, you know, that's where you go and you get like Daisy Fuentes uh, comforter or all of Jennifer Lopez's perfumes. Like that's what you get there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. XOXO purses. Uh-huh. But I love Ross. I love going there because I can always find it's like a place I'll go. I always say, like, if I go to, like, to Cheesecake Factory, let's go to Ross to go walk it off. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So you just go walk. I thought maybe you would know about Ross. I don't know about it, but when you mentioned the fact that Daisy Fuentes has home goods to me is just, it's such chef's, chef's kiss. I'm like, how incredible. Because uh-huh. she's someone that you might think is like, one might think is a little bit of a has-been. Uh-huh. But it's like, she's making coin. Right. Serious coin. This is the conversation I have about Jessica Simpson because I understand that Jessica Simpson for a long time really thought that she was in a rivalry with Britney Spears. Right. And that's not like you no. were never in a rivalry with Britney Spears. No. You were coming up around the same time, but um, you were in dif- playing different games in different fields. But I think she surrounded herself maybe with, I don't know, the right people that said, do you know about fragrance? Do you know what you like? Do you know about purses? Like pretty things that are um, maybe to some people in in different demographics might seem like the fancy version. No pun intended because her signature fragrance is called fancy. Um, But I feel like, well, you're doing pretty good. I mean, why not just sell beautiful things? And it's interesting, too, because I feel like licensing now is so the norm Mm -hmm. because so many of these celebrities get in on the branding game right off the bat, especially with the rise of celebrity beauty brands. But I feel like in the instance of Jessica, I feel like she was really not first in the space, obviously, but like really someone who understood the fact that the, the music making was not going to be the thing that was going to give her longevity mm-hmm. and made a pivot, but not a, in, in a really savvy way that might have seemed like a downward mobility, but really in the end, it's like, who's laughing at the end of the day? That's what I say. And two, like, you know, uh, she's got really nice standard yeah. footwear uh-huh. that goes up to a 13. Uh-huh. What? Not that I don't wear a 13, but we're an 11. <laughs> also, too, Jessica always... Simpson, I wear an 11. Just saying. <laughs> Jessica. Um, I'm always really interested, too, in like which famous people are actually wealthy uh, versus which, uh, you know, 
give off the the air of wealth mm-hmm. without actually having it. And someone like Jessica Simpson is she is very rich, bitch. Like, yeah, she's got money, and I think that's really respectable. It's it's funny, you know. Smart. We talk about we. I think a lot of people wouldn't put her, um, you know, on the on the cover of Forbes or what have you. I mean, I'm sure she probably has been, but like, I really feel like she's a very savvy business person, and I think she gets some credit for it, but I don't think she gets enough credit. Sure. For it. I agree. I agree. I always regarded uh, Elizabeth Taylor as like the queen of fragrance. And then, and and she is a, a queen of fragrance. But then when I realized how many Jessica Simpson has, I right. mean, there's, a, there's always like the bottle and then the night version and right. then the travel version and then the tea right. version and then the next fragrance. Like mm-hmm. there's, there's like, I think she has like 18 fragrances, maybe more. And they're going to keep coming. Yeah. And they're going to keep selling. Why not? It's like once you get into this flow where you can make a thing and it just will always sell. How many people can say that about anything that they do in life? I mean, you think about how many of these celebrities that like, you know, put out movies in these studios bank on the fact that just them being in it is going to like make it do well. And then that celebrity has to go and do all this press and like really like try and you know sell this thing and essentially sell themselves with Jessica or like anyone in that space mm-hmm. she, as long as the product keeps coming it's like she doesn't have to do anything no that's the dream yeah really though I love that I and two I always think that like uh pop pop singer fragrances in my mind are generally kind of the same idea because it obviously it has to be marketable right. to marketable and affordable to their demographic um there's someone, but Jessica Simpson's, I, I, I legitimately do feel, because I've smelled the majority of them, that they are different from one another. Mm-hmm. And I think that they're price pointed really well. Yes, that, people can, that people can afford them. And listen, I mean, we live in a country where there's a lot of people that um, are, you know, they're not going to be buying Creed fragrances because they just don't have the money for it. But they want something that to them is considered, quote, fancy and so they're able to attain that uh but you know there's other pop singers like ariana grande who did does have a fragrance that is so popular it's called cloud um i had no expectation i was like this is going to be like every other one that has a cute doll head on top Mm -hmm. no it's like legitimately good so i wonder sometimes are are there certain people that are involved in the formulation i was gonna say i feel like from what i know about ari she is someone who would be deeply involved you never know though because that's that's the problem with this oversaturated market where you know so many celebrities just lend their name sure so at the end of the day what you're what you're getting to is like you really have to try each of these out mm-hmm. and you kind of there is no template right sometimes they're going to be really good and sometimes it's going to be the Daisy Fuentes who comes out of left field and it's like, wow, this is good home homeware, right? right. Um, it's not always going to be the George Clooney tequila that's the best of the best, although I do love that. But like, but it's right. like it's not necessarily the credibility of the celebrity is not always you know a pipeline to the quality of the product. Right. So you really have to be again going back to particularities. You have to go in there and be like, is this good? Right. Not the price point, not the celebrity, not the bottle design. Is this good? And and does it hold on my skin? Right. I like that. Because half the time I'm like, I love this fragrance. It's not for me. It doesn't work for me. My right. body's rejecting this fragrance. Because I I mean, I usually will smell something out of a bottle and I rarely do I say, oh, this smells like shit. Usually yeah, you're yeah. like, yeah, this always... smells good, but this smells like a guy who goes to the gym. This is this is for you to wear yeah. to go pick up girls. <laughs> and this smells like somebody with a really expensive white shirt 
Do you know what I mean? Like this, you know what everything smells like. So there's a reason for all of them. Usually the pop singer ones, when I smell them, I'm like, this is going to smell like marshmallows and cookies. Yeah. Because the people that are going to buy it, you know, that's what you're going to get for $14. Like that's just, that's the the way of it. Yeah. You're not going to want to smell like Estee Lauder because mm-hmm. that's just not who, that's not the not demographic. Yours. Would you ever release a fragrance? Oh, it's my dream. It's my dream to have that. But, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know how I would do that. Uh-huh. I don't know what I, I know what I would all the things that I would want to factor in as far as scent goes. But, you know, let's manifest it. I feel like we it's could. very possible for you. We could. Do you think it would end up just being like Calgon reaching out and saying, like, you can have a body spray, bitch? No, I really think you could have a high end fragrance. I Sky's the limit it. for you. I, I really feel if that happens. You, you have to help me. Like you Great. have to be in the think tank for this Happily. when it happens. My Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, let's I'll take a break. Let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. And we are back with extra special guest, Evan Ross Katz. Sometimes I want to say Evan Katz Ross. I'll take it. This is the part of the podcast where we answer letters. You know how this goes. Mm-hmm. You know, we call it Read Me Delta. Read Me Delta! And if you're interested in sending a uh, letter to be answered uh, by any of the guests that come here and myself, you can send an email to readmedelta at gmail.com. We want like your questions or uh, if you have an observation. Well, no, keep the observations to yourself because it, sometimes people get a little shitty. So we don't want all that. But, you know, if it's cute, just keep it cute. Like the kind of letter you would want to get. You know what I mean? So let's read this. Um, sometimes I remember this, the these letter openers. Sometimes I don't. Oh, wow. I don't, I don't know why Talk I don't. about elegance. I've, isn't a letter yeah. pretty? Oh, yeah. Where is this one from? I actually, I mean, I want to say it's like from somewhere super elegant, but this particular one mm. is like an Amazon find. Letter openers, also wick trimmers. Very yes. elegant. Yes. Or you know what, too? A candle snuffer. Huh. Oh, come on. Is that pretty? Oh, yeah. Like a pewter one. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's yeah. so pretty. Okay. Dear Delta and fascinating guest. Well, let's, just, let's read that again. Dear Delta and Evan. I think that's nicer. Whatever you prefer. Oh, okay, let's read this letter. Dear Delta and Evan, what foods make you physically ill when you see people eat them? Plus, what foods make the best leftovers? What was your favorite leftover of all time that you will never forget? Do you prefer plastic wrap or tin foil? Brava! Very sissy. It's a lot of questions. It's a lot of questions. Um, what about you? What is there? Is there anything that other people eat that kind of grosses you out? Yeah, mine's like a dumb answer, but tuna. So okay. I don't eat any seafood. Okay. At all, I'm changing my ways. I've recently had lobster and shrimp. Okay. So I'm trying to. When I was younger, I had an experience deep sea fishing, and I just ever since like water creatures scare me. Obviously, I'm faced with 
being, you know, going to events often where the menu has seafood and I always have to be that person that is fussy and I don't like that about myself. So I'm working on it. But tuna in a mm. can, hearing, I mean, I, there's just something about the fact that f- fish is in a can. I understand people really like it. Um, I think what it's. What if the lid like opens and flings on you, like some of the juice? That would be the end for me. That's gross. That's really gross. Sissy also asked, um, what foods make the best leftovers? Will you eat leftovers like from yeah. a restaurant? Or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What foods make... Okay, well, what doesn't French fries never travel? Never. And, so, and you know, I'm a, I am always try. Yeah. I still bring them with me. I think it's something about just wanting to like, you know, take the table and like put, you know, uh-huh. grab everything. Um, I feel like chicken tenders. It's really good for a reheat. Macaroni and cheese is always really nice because it congeals mm-hmm. over time. And so you get sort of like a different, it tastes different afterwards. Um, I love day-old pizza, but I don't want it reheated. I'll just have it cold. See, my partner does that. He's you like, oh, heat it. I have to heat it. I actually have to put it in the little broiler. Okay. Because I want it crispy. Yeah. I, have to have it. Yeah. I will eat it cold. I mean. Uh, different, but they're different foods. Right. Um, I always find that a sandwich uh, like a like a subway or something like that, it doesn't hold because of the sauce that like gets on the bread. Uh-huh. And then some people will say, "Oh, just eat the meat." I don't know. I don't want to break it apart and like yeah. redo. Like I'm not a chef. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's funny hearing you mention subway right now. I feel like I'm in like the presence of like because it's like you you and your subway opinions are very very important on the internet. Well, a, a new thing happened recently, which not a new thing. I complain about the same things over and over, right? Because like I'm crazy and like I, I offer no solution. I, I have a solution, but it's not reasonable. Um, but what another complaint I have about Subway, which you know, I'm sorry, Subway. I'm sorry, employees. I, this is not against the employees. It's against the handbook. That's yeah. my problem. Um, is why is everybody screaming in Subway? Like I, I almost. Do you remember back in the day when you would go into Subway? Um, I don't know if you ever did. But they would put this this wallpaper up that was supposed to look like like Victorian New York. That was the wallpaper. Okay. And so I thought, well, maybe they think like, and this is fucked up, but maybe they think like, in here it's bustling, like in New York. So we're like, hey, give me some of this. Like, oh, like, I don't know. And I was like, that's kind of offensive. Like, not everybody in New York is like, hey, you got to dump that bitch. Like, nobody, not everybody's doing that. But, um... So now, but every time you go in, like as soon as the door opens, the music is blaring. So Kelly Clarkson or whatever is blaring, like since you've been gone. And then people are like, hi, welcome to Subway, welcome to Subway, hi, welcome to Subway, welcome to And I'm like, why are you yelling? And why is why are 10 people making the sandwich? Mm. That's why I have to go at like 10.30 at night. Nobody's there. And I order something simple because I know these, these kids want to go home. You know what I mean? So don't be fucked up and order all kinds of shit. Whatever's sitting out, just order that because they just want to close it and right. go. I get it. I've worked in, we've all worked in some kind of service industry, but Subway specifically, why are they yelling? Stop yelling. And it's not your fault because you're being told to do this. Like this, they're just doing their fucking job, right? I'm not trying to harass these like, you know, 16 uh, year old kids that are working in Subway. They're just trying to make their money. But I wish people at like, the academy or whatever. Yeah, it was, I was gonna say you know? this is upper, upper management. Just stop yelling. Yeah. Just have one greeter or something. Yeah. How nice would it be to enter a subway and just have a, a soft spoken atmosphere? Just quiet. Yeah. Just quiet. Especially when you know, like the the one that I go to uh is right across from 
like the Social Security Administration is in the little city I live in. There's also a like a federal the the superior court is there. There's tons of stuff going on there. So they're busy during the day with all of the people that work there. So I feel like it would just be easier if less people were yelling. Mm -hmm. Because then I always, too, feel like when they, like, put the stuff on and I'm like, oh, can I just get, like, extra tomato? And then, like, I can see that they're not. I'm like, sorry, um, uh, just I wanted to do extra tomato. Like, I feel like I have to, like, hi, like, that false sincerity or Uh whatever. And it just seems so weird because I know they're like, come on, bitch. Like, you're taking everything. But I'm not really. T- I just want like three extra slices of tomato. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You don't do this when you go. To, you don't even go to Subway. I don't. You go have to better sandwiches. No, 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 you no, have better sandwiches it's in not New York. I think I'm like above it. In any no, sense. no, no. I'm just saying you have better options. Well, yeah, but also Subway. It's just it's too much bread for me. It's like a very, I'm not a hoagie person. It's bread. Yeah, it's too much. Oh, you're bread. gonna have it as a salad. No, 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 no. I'll ha- you know I said I like a burrito. Girl, like, if you don't quit. No. Oh, I'm, so you're gonna have a wrap. Yeah, I like a wrap. Okay. But no, but honestly, it's like I'm fine with bread. I'm not anti-bread. Right. But just the the ratio, I I just always found it to be an overpowering because I used to love the right. meatball subs from Subway when I was a kid, especially when I would be. When I would go from Pittsburgh to New York City by bus, mm-hmm. we'd go to the rest stop, there was a subway, and I would love the, the foot-long meatball sandwich. But especially because those are small meatballs that they have there. Uh-huh. And it just was like, it was so bready for a meatball sandwich. Okay. So I just, I'm not against the subway, but I just feel like, I don't think they've perfected the art of sandwich making. No, they haven't. And the, the, the fact that they run in their own academy and they call themselves artists, you know, and I don't blame the people that are being given the title of artists. I blame the people giving out the title. Right. I would love to see some, I don't know, YouTube series, what have you, where it's like you making the perfect Subway sandwich. I think, and I think they, I've run into people that do make a great sandwich. I feel like you would make a great sandwich. I would like to. Because you're, you're particular, you know what you like. Right. So it's like give you the ingredients, give you carte blanche, and make the perfect sandwich. There's a little place up the street from me that's a little pizza parlor, and they make hot sandwiches, and they make a meatball sandwich, but they slice the meatballs. I wish more people did that. A ball is not meant to be on a sandwich, and then because then it gets crushed, right? Right. Cut it, give it a flat surface. Right. Smart. It's so pretty, and so it's like that, and then the vegetables are like julienne, right? And it's beautiful. So every bite, you're not like mm, like pulling food Mm. out of your mouth. Every bite is just a distinct bite. Yeah. Well, I think any sandwich is made better with ingredients that are julienne. Could you, like, if if you had to go to Subway right now, Uh what? And you had to order a sandwich. Yeah. Well, they do have wraps, but if you had to order the sandwich, could you comfortably consume a six inch? Or are you going to be like, is, is a 12 inch sandwich too much for you? Or could you do no, it? No, I could do a 12 inch. You could inch. do it? Yeah, but like, what am I doing afterwards? Like, what's my day looking like? I, just, you're going to go lay am down. Am I winding down? You're yeah, going to go lay down. Oh, yeah, I can do it for long. Yeah, you yeah. could. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like, like, I know no one's surprised that I can eat a 12 inch sandwich, but sometimes I do feel like people are like, oh, I do a six. How are you? No one's going to eat that much. And no. sometimes I'm like, kind of like embarrassed or moated that people are going to be like, dang, and a bag of chips. Like, You're like, yeah. Yeah. And guess what? I want to refill my drink. Totally. Plastic wrap or tinfoil? Plastic wrap. Plastic wrap. Yeah. Tinfoil, the problem is when you have any uh, condensation, uh-huh. it just hangs out on the roof of the tinfoil. Yeah. That's true. So I think you can do tinfoil if whatever you're wrapping is fully room temperature. Mm-hmm. But if the, any of the food is still a little bit hot, you don't want tinfoil. Right. Yeah. Um, but I do want, I don't want it like, I don't want it in a container. I would rather it be wrapped 
so that there's, I don't want air. You know what I mean? Like, let's right. get the air out of it. Right. Now, I have a question. Can I? Can yeah. I, do you want to wrap the food yourself or you want to brought back to you wrapped? Um, like, do you want, you know, they put down the container sometimes? You know what? Uh, I, even though we just said it, I'm down for whatever. <laughs> With uh, a caveat. Uh, yeah. Uh, I kind of don't mind either way, but I will say that there are some restaurants that I've been to where um, they will wrap it up and then they'll put like something in there. So like if I've gone to Olive Garden, they will uh, wrap it up and they'll put like two breadsticks in That's there. That's chic. And I'm like, oh, Okay. So maybe it's better that y'all wrap it then, because mm-hmm. I'll get a little extra something. But that's really that's good service. It really, and that's the server, right? For sure. That's and the we want to send you home with a little something. The, right. It, what that signals to me is the experience doesn't end here. Mm-hmm. This was good, and when I say I want you to have a good night, I'm gonna help make that happen. They want to see you go off. I think <laughs> I like a letter like that because it's like. It goes into other conversations. Mm-hmm. It's not really just about like what grosses no. you out. Although what does gross me out um, is peas. I, I just I can't. I can eat pea soup. I can't eat whole peas. I also I love tomatoes, but I cannot eat um, like grape or cherry tomatoes unless they're cut. I get it. I don't like the squish in the mouth. Oh, it I don't like when it blows yeah, in my mouth. Yeah, especially salad. Yeah, like if it. But when you bust. No. Yeah. I just can't. Like. Yeah. And people think they're doing you a big service by adding the cherry tomatoes into the salad. They feel no. like it's like, oh, this, you know, suddenly it's culinary. And it's like, no, 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 we're good without. I'm, I'm good. No, just julienne my vegetables and I'm good. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I love that. Um, listen, we, I think we only have time for one letter because we have to, we had to have time for us. We had to. Yeah. I like this. Thank you for being here. Thank you. This has been a fucking blast. This is so fun. Like I, I want to have these conversations over and over and over and over because you are like making me not feel crazy. You're not crazy. I feel, and I, I feel like it's like I've spent my life with people like going, like, "Oh, bitch, you're crazy. Oh, bitch, you're blowing it out of proportion." But I feel like I'm, I have this. You're here explaining like it's not crazy. It's just particular, but also specific. Like, if you are blowing it out of proportion, why? What's wrong with that? I like maybe that. the proportions that we've put in place are like that's the problem. I my mind is blowing right now. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. It's like reframe it's this goes back to what we were saying earlier. It's like maybe we have to reframe the way we think about things. I love it. It's not the things, it's how we think about them. I love that. I hope I you'll have that. me back. I would I I cannot okay. wait for you to be back. Great. Yeah, I can't wait. I fucking love this podcast. It's so it, well it's it, I love doing it, but I I love uh when I get to have these conversations with people and I think this has been a long time coming for us. Agreed. For sure, for sure. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I love it. Thank you all for listening to Very Delta. Our show comes out every Monday, so subscribe because we do not want you to miss an episode. And also a special hello to everyone watching the podcast talk show on YouTube. And you know what else is Very Delta? Subscribing to Mom Podcast so you don't miss an episode. We want you to send your questions, your comments. No, not your comments. We just want you to send your questions to readmedelta at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at Delta Work. Where can everybody follow you? What are all the socials? Just Instagram. And I mean, I use Twitter, but I don't want to like advise people to use Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, so Evan Ross Katz on Instagram. It's my only social. I don't fuck with anything else. No, 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 no more Yahoo personals. No. None of so that. Much, yeah. No. I don't even, I don't TikTok. I don't, I'm, Yeah. Uh, do you ever do you ever look at TikTok? Um, I'm lucky enough that people send me uh-huh. TikToks that they think I should see. Yeah. So I dabble like I'm really into right now. Um, 
like when people send me videos with people like, like uh, explaining conspiracies and using like footage, I'm really into like the idea of like if people have an idea about something and then can back it up with like clips, it's like that I like. Um, but there's not a category that I would feel like recipe, all that shit. It's like I would never, I'm not someone who wants a loop. Right, right. I'll tell you this. I was in Utah, the middle of Utah, three hours from Salt Lake for um, Thanksgiving weekend. And all of a sudden, when I opened up TikTok, it kept popping up with like the sort of uh, sort of like a Republican accounts and like people like denouncing gay people. Uh -huh. And like I was like, I kept saying, oh, this is weird. Like I was showing my partner. He's like, it it's geographical. Like it's doing that. I was like, oh, they would never. He's like, no, that's how it works. Like, this is just how this works. And it never dawned on me that, like, that it would... I know it, and I'm not confused by it. I just never expected that to happen. It's alarming. Yeah, it is alarming. It's funny. It's like, I mean, I'm not saying anything new here, but it's like these things that bring us access to so many great and ideas and connect us with, you know, people in our community and blah, blah, blah. Also, we have to deal with that. Yeah. Yeah, it's listening, they say. Yeah, I Phone's listening. It. You can follow me on Instagram at... <laughs> Let's just go like this. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram at Delta Work, and you can also follow um, for dedicated socials of the show at Very Delta on Instagram and on TikTok for clips and updates. And join me right here next week for another episode. Until then, keep things very Delta. To listen to Very Delta one day early and ad-free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Very Delta is produced by Moguls of Media, a.k.a. Mom. Hosted by Delta Work and produced by Mark Jacobs. Engineered by Margot Padilla and editing by Doug Robertson. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio. 